Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. Life can have its challenges, right? It, it, it seems like we have good times and we want to enjoy those times, but that's not life. Life isn't always roses, right? It's not always just a beautiful sunny day like it was yesterday on our fishing trip and have beautiful weather, warm weather, and, and catching fish and all that. It's not always like that every day. There's uh, bumps in the road. There's, uh, there's challenges that we all face. And I think all of us have, if you have a gray hair or two, have faced a challenge in your life. Amen? One of the most common experiences in our life is when we feel uneasy about a situation. And when I say that, right now you're probably thinking about something. Maybe it's a move you're contemplating. Maybe it's a job situation. Maybe it's just a relationship situation. Or maybe just an experience facing something in a dark alleyway at night. You know, something that makes you feel uneasy. We've all had that. But the most common reaction to that is to want to avoid that, an uneasiness. We want to just step back and say, no, thank you, right? We want to just jump back, but if you think about it, think about the events that you may have had happen to you where something's made you feel uneasy, and you've, your immediate reaction was to walk away from it. Get away from that. Don't expose yourself to danger, what your mind would think as danger, right? I believe we've all experienced something like that. I remember when I was 23 years old, just a few years ago, and um, I was at Great America, and so this is a simple, safe story, but I was at Great America. They had just opened a, a ride, and some of you remember this, called The Edge. How many remember The Edge, right? And so this was one of the first elevator-type rides where it takes you up, and I think it took us up 160 feet. Can you say 160 feet? It's a long ways up, and... I don't like those kind of rides. I don't like roller coasters. I don't like any of those rides. And here I wanted to be an astronaut when I was a kid. But I was in line to go on this ride called The Edge with my cousin. We're on the ride, and as you're getting closer, you're, you're, you get that queasiness that you're starting to think, well, you know, I still have time to back out. The whole time I was in line, I just kept thinking, I have time to back out. I don't have to do this. But the great thing about this ride is once you got on, it was over, I think, in three seconds, six seconds, something like that. Very short ride because it went up 160 feet. It was, like, I think, two or three people. And then, it, and then it, the, the cart went out about another eight feet, and then it dropped straight down. And then it came out uh, on, at the bottom, and it was over in just seconds. So I thought to myself, well, I can handle this. It's not like a roller coaster for a minute or 45 seconds. It's over in less than 10 seconds. And they were even selling t-shirts at that time that said, I survived the edge. That's how scary it was at that time. And so here I was uh, getting there, and I didn't want to do it. But I also didn't want to be called chicken. So I did it, and I got on there. You'll be happy to know I survived the edge, and I bought the t-shirt. Amen. But here's the problem. You know, I, I, I was going to have to face my fear, or I could choose to walk away from it. All of us are faced with fears over 
a simple ride like that, which was my choice, or choices that you and I have made that have put us in a predicament where, oh man, I don't want to have to go through that. Well, you have to face reality sometimes, amen? And on the inside, you could be freaking out. You could be going, no, I don't want to go through this. This is bad. This is all going to be bad. And um, what happens is that many people could turn away and walk away and not realize the benefits of that experience. How many can think back to a, an experience you had that made you feel uneasy, but now looking back at it, you know that there was a benefit in that. There was a positive that came out of that. If that was you, raise your hand, because there's, there's things like that that happen in our life for a reason, amen? Now, that ride wasn't one of those big spiritual things, but I just wanted to show you how uneasiness can cause us to to feel afraid and want to not go through something. Amen? And the same situation comes up in our relationships, in our jobs, in our families. You have a choice. You can conquer your anxiety, your fear, or you can let it conquer you. What are you going to do? Are you going to let it conquer you, your fear, your anxiety, or are you going to conquer it? There's many people today that won't fly on planes for that same reason. They're afraid to fly on a plane. There's people that won't get on a, on a, on a, on a train for the same reason. They're afraid of, of whatever that may bring. But you'll always be bound in fear as long as you continue with that mindset. Amen? So today, for the next few moments, I just want to speak to you on how to hold on spiritually when anxiety when hardships are attempting to take control and i've titled this stay in the ship say that with me stay in the ship stay in the ship um, so i'm going to have you turn to acts chapter 27 before we go there i just want to set up the text here what's going on here in the book of acts chapter 27 paul is imprisoned paul had been in prison this is the apostle paul and he had been imprisoned, shipwrecked, and many things happened to this man. Here in this occasion, he was on a boat sailing in the Adriatic Sea, which is the northernmost part of the Mediterranean Sea. And he had been sailing as a prisoner, mind you. He was a prisoner on this boat with 276 other people, the Bible says. 276. So it, was a, it wasn't just a little fishing boat. This was a large vessel, and they were transfer, transporting people. And they came upon this large storm. But in this, in this uh, passage, we see that an angel of the Lord had appeared to Paul and had told them this was going to occur, but don't fear. That's a common theme throughout the Bible. The angel appears and says, do not fear. And this angel had said, you will survive. You'll get through this. Trust me. How many know those words, trust me, are not so easy to do sometimes? So here, let's pick it up in Acts chapter 27. I just want to uh, read from verse 27 through 31. You on your own time later can read the whole chapter, get the whole context of this. But let's pick it up on the 27th verse. On the 14th night... We were still being driven across the Adriatic Sea. Fourteen days. 
in this storm. When about midnight, the sailors sensed they were approaching land. They took soundings and found that the water was 120 feet deep. A short time later, they took soundings again and found it was 90 feet deep. Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. In an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. Then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, Unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. Powerful words there. Let's just pray again. Father God, we thank you right now for your word. Your word endures forever. Lord, it has taught us so many lessons. I pray that for the next few moments, your word would just speak to our spirit, to our, to our hearts today. That, Lord, no matter what we're going through today, we would remember to trust you because you will never leave us nor forsake us. And we pray that today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Again, say with me, stay in the ship. Stay in the ship. Why is it that when, we, when trouble strikes, we have a tendency to forget about what God has done in the past? How many have a, a testimony of God's miracle working power in your life where God's blessed you, saved you, put his hand of protection upon you in an accident, a possible accident. I mean, there's all of us here that can share testimony after testimony. But why is it that in the middle of an episode, in the middle of a trial, in the middle of a hardship, we can tend to forget all about that and just think about the fear, think about the consequences of what might happen? And that's natural, but I want to remind you today on the lessons of what God is doing in our life in that process. Because we quickly forget about those answered prayers in the past. We quickly forget about those testimonies from our loved ones that have had to endure something hard and how God was with them. Amen? Only the present seems real. Just like when I was on that ride in, in uh, Santa Clara on, on the edge, only that drop seemed real. I wasn't worried about all the people I saw getting off and surviving. I was just like, well, I don't know. That's when it's going to fly off the, the rails. That's when everything bad is going to happen. That's what goes on in your mind in the middle of those moments. But I survived the edge. Amen. Our minds quickly spin on what could happen. Have you ever thought about that? How our imaginations just put a spin on things? And we imagine so much more than whatever happened, than what the facts are. We, we look back at a situation and say, man, and I was all worried that this thing was going to go flying and end up in San Jose somewhere. And, uh, you know, it, it stopped after three seconds and it was over, right? Uh, we, we put so much in this imagination thing. We allow our emotions to get the best of us sometimes. And the bottom line is, because it prevents us from clear thinking, in our own strength, what happens is we lack the sufficient resources that only God can give us in spiritual battles, in times that are difficult, amen, or in order to meet life's challenges. But I want to take you back to this passage we just read. Paul and the rest of the crew 
are in the meantime doing everything possible that they can. You know, God wants you and I to pray. I mean, it's not a, just a suggestion. He wants you to pray every day. But in the meantime, he also wants you to act on everything else. He also wants you to be good to your spouse. He wants you to be good to your children. He wants you to have a good attitude at work or with your neighbors. He wants you to be a blessing to those less fortunate. Amen? You can't just say pray and, and hate your neighbor. Amen? <clears throat> we have to have action. Paul, in this case, they were doing everything, throwing things off the ship. They were lowering anchors, raising anchors, everything to keep the ship afloat. It's a lesson for you and I. Yes, you are to pray. God, I need the victory. God, I need your help. God, I need your strength. But are you doing all the other things that he's asked you to do, amen? Are you being kind to others? Because that's a life lesson right there, amen? See, the lesson we learn in life is that if we do our best, God will do the rest, amen? I've learned that so many times, that if you do your best, God is going to show up and do the rest. He's not asking you to do everything. He's only asking you to, hey, just start off. Just go for it. Just do it, and I'll carry you to the finish line. Amen. Another thing that we learn as well is our suffering is never a surprise to the Lord. Our suffering is never a surprise to the Lord. He knows exactly what you were going to go through. He knows exactly what you're suffering physically right now. It's not that he doesn't care, but he allows different types of suffering because he's still working on us. He's still wanting to know, are you dependent on him? Are you looking to him for your all-sufficiency? Amen? See, reflecting on his purpose in hardship and in trials reveals our character reflecting on his purpose see there's a greater purpose as we learn in these last few weeks if you've been with us born with a purpose god has a purpose and a plan for each of you but he has a way to help us respond to those trials of hardship and i don't care if you're 12 years old here today or if you're 89 88 years old today there will be hardships but god will be with you during those times can i get an amen Whatever your situation may be today, and let me, I mean, I know as humanity, as humans, there are so many life situations from homelessness to you name it. All of us have faced different things over the years, hardships. Life's not easy sometimes. But here's the thing, within those challenges, is how are you and I going to respond to those challenges? That's what God is looking at. That is what God wants to see in our lives. How are you going to respond to that challenge? Yes, it's difficult. Pick up yourself by the bootstraps, as they, as they say, right? You know, I, I could go on and on about our young generation. I've got two great examples at home. I don't pick on them, but when I say our young generation... Oh, don't, don't even get me started on our young generation. They just don't know how to pick themselves up. How many would agree with me on that? Um, anyways, I'm not even going to go too far into that. 
But how we respond is what God is looking at in our lives. God wants to see how you respond. Sometimes these hardships can come in various ways. Illnesses, physical pain, job situation, lost jobs, broken relationships, loss of housing, and persecution from friends, from family, all forms of, of trials and hardship. But here's what the Bible says as believers, we should not be taken by surprise when hardships come. Look at John chapter 16, our next verse. John chapter 16 and verse 33. I have told you these things. This is Jesus speaking, declaring his word. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Say that with me. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. That's the good news. See, the Lord is so good in his word. He always tells us what's going to happen, but then he gives you the promise that's going to carry you and I through. Amen? He's going to say, take heart. Don't worry. Don't fear. I have overcome. I've already walked that. I've already gone through that. And none of us here have to go to a cross and take the sins of the world like he did. But yet he did that for you and I, amen? See, we can endure by his grace. By his grace we're saved and we can endure. We can be comforted by those words of Jesus. Whatever it is that you're facing today, take heart. He has overcome and he'll be by your side, amen? I want to look at four quick lessons here for the next few moments on how we can endure hardship. Because here's the thing, the Lord doesn't want to not have you go through hardship. Imagine this, parents. If you coddled your child from the moment they were born and didn't allow them to go through certain things, and you know your children's limits. All of us as parents know that. But there's some things that you have to allow your children to go through and discover and figure out on their own. Amen? And that is what what God does with us. He knows our limits, yet he, he wants to love you, encourage you, but he wants you to figure it out. All of us go through trials, through times of difficulty, and they're life's darkest moments. How are you going to respond during those moments is what God is looking for. So the first thing I would look, want to look at is our purpose for hardship is cleansing. Say that with me. Our purpose for hardship is cleansing. Cleansing of what? Cleansing of our spirit. Cleansing of our attitudes. Cleansing of all the things that maybe, and I bring this up all the time, of the unforgiveness you've held on to against someone. You're praying for God's blessings in your life when you refuse to forgive somebody for a wrong in the past. God is going to work on you till your dying day until you get that taken care of. Amen? Because of our own flesh nature and the self-absorbed world that we live in, it's easy to develop selfish attitudes, to become narcissistic, to believe that and think that it's just all about you when it's not, to have mixed up priorities, ungodly habits that develop. And God is chipping away, just like a mason is chipping away and chipping away to get that final product. 
He's chipping away at all of us, including myself, every single day of your life, of my life. And if you don't believe that, just try doing life without God. You're going to find right away he's still chipping away at you. Amen? And why is that? Because he wants you to stay in the ship. Stay in the ship. Amen? The pressures that we face from these difficult situations are meant to bring those impurities to the surface so that we can just skim them right off, so that he can skim them off. Those bad attitudes. And every couple here today, in two weeks, actually the beginning of September, I'm going to be preaching on marriage series. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it is all I want to tell you. Bring some more people with you. Bring, encourage anybody to come that needs to hear that. But sometimes in our marriages, those attitudes that come up, they have to be wiped clean. They have to be disposed of, amen? The Lord is chipping at you to get rid of those, amen? See, our, our trials are intended to cleanse us, to purify us, and guide us back to Him, guide us back to godliness, not to ruin our lives, because sometimes in the middle of those trials, in the middle of those difficulties, you and I can cry out, Lord, why are you doing this? It's ruining my life. I didn't think I was going to be in this situation. And you can find yourself crying out to God, why? He's cleansing you from the inside out. He's working on you. He's chipping away all those old pieces that, that were never meant to be on you. He's taking them off of you, Amen. But what is your response to him? That's what he's looking at. Is it a hardened heart? Or is it a heart that says, Lord, I am your servant. I am here. Do whatever it is that it takes to make me the person you want me to be. To make me the husband I need to be. The spouse I need to be. The father I need to be. The, the mother I need to be. Is that your attitude? That's where it should be. Again, our trials are intended to purify us and guide us back to him i want to read to you psalm chapter 51 and verse 10 this is part of david king david's prayer of repentance after he had sinned with bathsheba but this is one of the verses that just jumps out to me all the time whenever i read psalm 51 it says create in me a pure heart O god and renew a steadfast spirit within me how many believe that this is a key right here? Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. You and I need to be renewed constantly. Our spirits need to be renewed constantly. Can I get an amen? The second lesson that we would learn is a second reason we face difficulty is so we'll be compassionate and bring comfort to others. How many believe that our world needs compassion? That we need more compassion than ever? And I don't, I don't need to tell you that. You know that this country, this world is in such a place where, where, where people refuse to help the most needy in our, in our lives. Amen? In our, in our cities, in our valleys, in our, in our, in our, in our state. And we're, we as believers should be the most compassionate to help those that are in need. Amen? When is the last time you showed compassion to somebody? And I'm not just talking about your family, your children, 
those that are close to you, but a stranger, somebody that you didn't know. When was the last time you reached out to them? Said, hey, is there anything you need? Anything I can bless you with? When was the last time? Let's learn to be compassionate, amen? We are, especially as believers, are the light of the world. We are the light. You and I are the light as we go out into this community and beyond. You see, God's work in our lives is not intended solely for us. It's intended to be a work on behalf of others around you. It's designed to reach a world that doesn't recognize or acknowledge Him. You and I will meet people that never acknowledge God, that don't don't ever take the time for God, that don't ever take the time to pray. And you and I are designed to reach out to those people. How? By being loving to them, not judgmental. You don't go up to someone that's not living for God and tell them, you know what, you're going straight to hell. (laughs) They're not going to want to listen to a thing you're saying to them. Amen? God wants you to love that person first. They're only going to listen to you if they love you first. Love them, love others, and then you have their ear. Amen. The Lord uses our challenges to equip us for serving others. You see, as we experience suffering, God becomes our sufficiency, our self, our sufficiency. In other words, He meets all of our needs. Amen. His comforting presence, His strength to help us endure. And when you meet people that are struggling out in this world, they will see that. People will tell you, I want what you have. I want what you have. Has anybody told you that? They've told me that over the years. I've had people come up, I want what you have. I go, it's very simple. It's not anything I have. It's just something I've been given. You can have the same thing. And that's just called compassion, called love from God. Amen. God's love is real. But it starts with staying in the ship. You can't be out there and make an impact all by yourself. you got to stay in the ship. Our testimony during times of difficulty, as I was just alluding to, becomes authentic to those outside of the church, to those that don't know God. Our testimony becomes authentic to them, and it makes a difference. To those to whom we minister will recognize we know and understand their pain because some of you have gone through situations and that's why, I'll back up, that's why God allows you and I to go through certain situations so that when your friend, your loved one goes through that same situation, you can help them, guide them through that. Amen? Only someone that's lost a child can share that experience with somebody else. You know, we all think, well, man, that person lost their son or daughter. That's terrible. I know how that, I mean, I don't know how that feels, but that must feel terrible. Let me tell you, you don't know how that feels until you go through that pain. We all have a, I think, a level of understanding we think we know, but until you go through a situation like that, you don't know. It's until you go through a situation like that or something similar and you relate to somebody else that becomes authentic. It becomes real. It means something to that person you're speaking to. 
So the next time you begin to say, Lord, why am I going through this challenge? Why am I going through this hardship? It's because God is equipping you to reach somebody else down the road. Amen? It's not just about you. It's about others in your lifetime that you will come across. He is orchestrating our circumstances here on this earth for his glory, for his honor, because ultimately he gets all the glory and all the honor. Amen? Again, it's not about you and I. He gets all the glory and all the honor. And in that process, we learn to be compassionate with those same people that face similar circumstances, that go through hardships, that go through difficulties. Let me tell you, when you go through something, a challenge, you are more compassionate to those same people that go through similar challenges because you didn't know how to be compassionate to those prior to that. And whatever struggle you face, whatever trial you go through, I can promise you this, that you are more compassionate to those same people that are suffering through those similar challenges than anybody else. And that's why God wants to use you to be an influence on them. God has chosen each of you to go and, and endure certain things in your life because he never gives us more than we can handle, number one, and he knows that he can use you to bring about his goodwill. Amen. Colossians chapter 3, and I'll close that, that lesson with this. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Kind of sounds like the fruit of the Spirit right there. Doesn't mention all nine of them, but it mentions a few of them here. This is what you and I as believers ought to be displaying. Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Amen. The third lesson we want to look at today is God promises us he'll provide a path through any trial we face. Have you ever gone through a trial and it seemed like there was no way out, that it was going to be a difficult situation? You never saw how this was going to be a, how you were going to come out of this. I think we've all been through something similar to that. We didn't see an exit. All we saw was a dead end, a wall. We're just going to hit that wall and crash and burn. That's all we saw because we weren't realizing that God was walking with us. God promises us he'll provide a path through any trial we face. Now, going back to the passage we read at the outset, I mentioned about an angel that had spoken to Paul. Now, Paul had received that visit from this angel, but I can guarantee you in the middle of that storm, if you've ever been out on the sea and the wind's blowing and the ship's moving, you're not only praying to God, but you're doing everything else in your power to, to fix that boat, right? Whatever the captain says, you're doing. Get to the left. Get to the aft, right? And, and so you do that. Uh, get to the port side, whatever. You're going to do whatever the captain says. And on top of it, Paul had been praying, but I'm sure in the back of his mind, he was probably going, Lord, were, were you serious? Because this is getting real right now. That wind is blowing. And part of his nature, there was a little doubt creeping in. I can guarantee you, angel or no angel, when you're out in the middle of the sea and you can't see land, and it's the middle of the night, 
Believe me, a little doubt is going to creep in. I don't care how hard, how serious that word of God that you just read. That's just being human, right? Just, let's just be transparent. He was starting to doubt. In other words, sometimes trusting God's word can be difficult. Yes, the word of God says trust. Trust in me. The word of God throughout the Bible, he'll send an angel that tells the people, do not fear. It's easy to read. It's hard to do in life. It's hard to walk through life not fearing, not walking by faith. Amen? But listen, I mean, if they had avoided this storm, they would have missed the demonstration of God's power and the truth of his word. And that's what I want to remind you today. Whatever storm you're facing, whatever hardship, whatever difficulty you're facing, just know that the Lord can transform your outlook on that and your fears as he makes his power known through his sufficiency in your trial. Because if you haven't figured it out, you can't fix all of life's difficulties. You can't fix it. You don't have the answer for all the things, all the challenges that come your way. But God does, amen? I know a God that does, and he can answer whatever difficulty, whatever hardship you're going through today. Trust him. Say that with me. Trust him. Say, I trust you, Lord. Say it again. Easy words to say. A lot harder to believe, to activate. Because what happens when you say that, I just said the key word, you activate your faith. When you begin to say, I trust you, Lord, even though I can't see the answer, even though I can't see the land in the middle of this storm, I trust you, Lord. You, you activate faith in here. And what does the Bible say in Hebrews 11:1? 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You can't see it, but now it's activated. And it begins to grow, and God begins to encourage you, and he'll lead you out of that. Amen. We serve such a good God. Proverbs chapter 3, and you know these are two of my favorite verses in the Bible. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. That's where we get in the way, when we lean on our understanding. But in all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Man, I, there's crooked roads we take. You ever take these switchbacks that go up mountains, and you just wish, why couldn't it just be a straight road up the mountain? But you have to take these switchbacks. And it's a crooked road. And it seemingly it takes forever to get to your destination. We've all done that. And we all wish, if it was just a straight road. How many want a straight road in their life? Just a straight path. None of these bumps, none of these crooked paths. Lord, help me to trust you. Trust you with all my heart and lead on, on my own understanding. Which leads me to the last lesson for today. The most important thing he gives us is an awareness of his presence. Is an awareness of his presence. One of the things when... My wife and I got away recently to Lake Tahoe. When you go to a beautiful place like that, even yesterday fishing just on the river, when you're in God's creation, you are aware of his presence. When we go to Tahoe, 
and how many would agree with me, it's just such a beautiful place from the mountains to the lake, the forests. It's just God's country. Get away from all the crowds. I would encourage you, if you ever go out there, get away from the crowds. Get away and be by yourself on a hiking trail, on a horseback somewhere, like what we did. And you begin to see God's presence everywhere. You and I may not have the chance to go to Lake Tahoe, but you can still have that presence in your home. You can still have that presence wherever you go. Have you in, been entertaining his presence is my question to you today. Have you been seeking and saying, Lord, I need your presence. I just want another touch today. I just want you to come and visit me today. Well, let's look at this passage again. The, the passage I read, Matthew chapter 14. Actually, another passage in the Gospel of Matthew. Sorry. In the Gospel of Matthew, another similar type passage. They're on the water. Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 27. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that, later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. Ooh, boy. That just gives you the heebie-jeebies just to think of that. Walking on the lake. In the middle of the storm, okay? There was a squall. The, the, the wind was blowing, and Jesus was walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. They became scared. It's a ghost. They thought it was a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Again, the common theme, theme we hear throughout the Bible, do not fear. Don't be afraid. Why? Because he was there with them. They may have just seen the storm in their eyes. They may have just seen the winds blowing, the boat moving like this, the waves coming in the boat. But he said, don't fear. I'm right here with you. Amen? At first, these disciples believed they were all alone. Because they, last they looked, they saw Jesus on the shore saying goodbye to everybody else. And here they are, and now this storm hits them, and they're going, we're going to die. We're going to drown out here. But they spotted Jesus, and their fear increased because they thought they were looking at a ghost. They thought, well, because our normal mind tells us no man can walk on water, but this was not any ordinary man. This was the God-man, Jesus Christ, amen? And he began to walk on water, and they thought he was a ghost. But as they recognized him, their fear changed to relief, to hope, to faith, to believe everything was going to be all right, as long as they stayed in the ship, amen? As long as they stayed in the ship. Are you going to stay in the ship today? Yes, amen. In the same manner... Sometimes we don't sense God's presence during a crisis. Just like the disciples, we can become so full of fear 
that we don't realize who that is walking towards us or who that is with us, God's presence, the Lord himself. But he has always promised this, to be with you, to never leave you. Amen? That's why, as I close today, we can be comforted with these words in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13. If you don't have this underlined in your Bible, these two verses, you need to make sure they're underlined in your Bible. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 through 6. Jesus says, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Let me back up. Put your name in this verse as I read it at the very beginning, and I'm going to read that verse. Never will I leave you. Insert your name again. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Do not fear. God's got your back. He's shaping you. He's molding you. He's never going to leave you. Now, can you and I leave him? Yeah, we can, we can, unfortunately, we can choose to walk away from all his blessings. And I don't know why we would want to do that. But the Lord promises he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Now, that assurance that the Lord will never leave you should give you and I comfort to know whatever I face tomorrow at work, that crazy coworker that's going to come up to me and hassle me every Monday or whoever that is, that crazy cashier at Walmart, whatever it is, God is going to bring you immediate comfort as you walk through that challenge, through that hardship. He's going to give you an infusion of courage and strength. He's going to walk with you. He's going to help you to activate that faith inside of you. And he's going to give you a sense of confidence to overcome that trial. Amen? Nothing is too big for God. Nothing is too big for our God. But the truth is, I know this, that no one enjoys suffering and the, and the big question we all ask sometimes is, Lord, why? Why do we have to go through this? Why did you allow this situation into my life? Why did this occur? Why did that occur? But you know, if, as you look back, and I, I know some of you here would agree with me 100%, as you look back, those are some of your greatest blessings because God allowed certain things to happen in your life. Can I get an amen? Amen. See, he uses hardship to shape us, to shape our character, to shape us as believers into the people, the disciples he intended us to be. Jesus allowed his disciples even to develop fear and anxiety while out in the lake. Yes, he allowed it. He could, have, he could have just gone with them on the boat, but he knew what was going to happen. He was teaching them a lesson. Hey, don't worry. I'm with you every step of the way. Even the moment you launched out, I was still with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Everywhere you go, I'm with you. He wanted the disciples to recognize their own helplessness without him. Because I think sometimes in our world, we tend to think that we can do it all. That, it, that it's all on us and, oh yeah, don't worry, I can, I can make it happen. I can do this, I can do that. Well, let me tell you, you're not God. Amen? You and I aren't God. He is God. Sometimes there are moments where you and I have to get on our knees and say, Lord, I need your help. 
I can't, there's no solution. I don't see a way out. And that's when the Lord reminds you of the lesson he's doing in your life. He wanted the disciples to learn to be dependent on him. God is enough, amen? God is enough. Let's ask God to reveal his presence to us. Whatever trial, whatever hardship you're going through, ask God the next time you begin to feel overwhelmed with anxiety and fearful of that situation, Lord, reveal yourself to me. Remind me that you're walking with me through this process. Remind me that you haven't left me all alone here to figure this out on my own. Amen? Let's stand today as we close. How many receive that today? How many know that hardships aren't easy? They're difficult. That's why they're called hardships. Amen? They're very difficult. But I want to remind you, stay in the ship because God is enough. God will protect you. God will watch over you as long as you stay in the ship. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father God, we thank you for this time. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your promises of never leaving us nor forsaking us, of how good you've been to us as we look back in the past of all the times that you have saved us out of situations uh, you have helped us overcome situations where we didn't think there was a solution. We didn't think there was a way out. We didn't know how we were going to manage that situation. And you came through once again. Lord, help us to remember those times. To remember by faith that, God, with you all things are possible. With you all things are possible. That you are the God of enough. And that, Lord, that you are asking us to stay in the ship. Stay in the ship. Lord, I, I pray today for each person here that they would continue to seek your presence when they are in the middle of their trials. And always remember that you provide for us, that you want us to grow stronger in our faith, that you want us to manage these things, to figure it out, Lord, but yet at the same time, you never leave us nor forsake us. And we give you thanks and praise for that today. And the church said, amen and amen. Amen. We just lift your hands today as we close today, as we pray this blessing over you. Father, the Lord, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.